0: The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you this week by you, the hundreds of people who listen to the Door County Pulse podcast and the Weekend Primer twice a week, every week. If you're an individual or small business who would like to reach out to those hundreds of listeners each week, then why not think about sponsoring an episode of the Door County Pulse podcast or Weekend Primer? You can do so by emailing us at info at doorcountymarketing.com. From all of us in Door County and across the United States who check in every week to the Door County Pulse podcast, we look forward to hearing from you very soon. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor of the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? Good. What's up, Andrew? Not a whole lot. I know that uh, you've been pretty busy this week of gearing up for the weekend. Yeah, we
1: got the uh, Peninsula Century Fall Challenge bike ride coming mm-hmm. up in Sister Bay this weekend, and uh, our group, the Peninsula Pacers, organizes that, which I'm a part of. So a lot of uh, hauling around barricades and answering emails and getting people registered, but it should be a great great time up
0: in Sister Bay. How does this one compare in terms of preparation to some of the other Pacers events, like the the foot races and some of the other bike things?
1: This uh, is a lot easier for me personally. Uh, It's uh, because a lot of our other events are much bigger or like uh, in the spring we do the Beer Fest and Spring Classic bike ride on the same day. So that's two big events crammed into one. Um, This is just the bike ride. We got about 700 riders that we expect there and uh, it's great day actually. Everything I'm doing working is at Waterfront Park in Sister Bay. So I'm just my office is looking at the water all day. It's pretty great. Does it look like the weather's going to hold up this weekend? It does look good. It might. We might have some clouds and stuff, but everything, my fingers are crossed right now because the, the spring ride, we had a devastating thunderstorm come through, and we actually had to um, cancel the ride about halfway through, but
0: everything looks good for this one. Cool. Good to hear. So this week I wanted to talk about uh, something specific, uh, an article that was published last week. It was kind of an update to uh, some of the new construction that's happening in Sister Bay. And it mm-hmm. got uh, quite a bit of commentary from uh, locals and, and visitors alike on our Facebook page. Um, so I wanted to just just kinda, a little, just yeah. a little a couple of I, comments. I, I just wanted to tackle that issue and the the greater, you know, Sister Bay expansion project in general with you, keeping in mind that my perspective is as from somebody who is new to the county. Um I didn't know Sister Bay before its big expansion. My first time in the county it was actually under construction. So I've never seen anything but what I know of Sister Bay now compared to you who've been who's been here a long time. Uh mm-hmm. you're uh, a Sister Bay resident currently. So uh, I just wanted to talk this out and maybe set the record straight or at least kind of clear the air a little bit about what things are and aren't. Sure. I'm th- I'm positive in just a couple
1: of minutes we can uh, f- soothe everybody's nerves on this topic. Right.
0: So uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, the article was about a new hotel that's being built. Is that correct? Yeah, it was... Um I mean, it's not necessarily new
1: news. It was an update to an article that came out last winter, really as a, just that the developer of a hotel proposal next to Chop Restaurant in Sister Bay, uh, where there's an empty green lot there now, um, came forward with plans, and those were approved, but then he came, he took a lot of feedback from, a lot of negative feedback that people gave him, and also feedback from the Sister Bay Plan Commission, And came back with a slightly revised plan. And that's what kind of re-sparked this discussion, at least on social media and and really in the bars and coffee shops of Northern Door County. Sure. Okay, so what exactly is this project? It's a 40-unit hotel development in downtown Sister Bay. In parts, it goes up to four stories tall. And it is between Chop Restaurant and the Sister Bay Bowl. And the, the bulk of this project is the, the hotel. There are also a couple of small retail lots on that same plot of land.
0: Okay. Is this project unique in, in terms of its size or the amount of rooms in it or even its location? No. The hotel, because that lot has sat empty
1: for many years now, um, probably 10 years, I would guess, That since maybe less than 10, maybe like eight or nine years since they tore down what was there, which was the walkway shops, which previous to being the walkway shops was a master freeze warehouse. Um, So it was never a particularly pretty building. But in in terms of size and scope, the Helms Four Seasons Hotel, which was torn down in Sister Bay to make way for Waterfront Park in 2007, that was 42 units. Other hotels that are over 40 units in Sister Bay include the Birchwood Lodge, Scandinavian Lodge, um, Open Hearth Lodge, and the Pheasant Park Inn. Almost every community in Northern Door County has a major hotel in the center of downtown. Um, we are just so used to it that, that we don't think of those as these big major hotels, but basically the, the entire village of Ephraim, their entire business base is hotels, many of them fairly large, places like Pine Grove, Edgewater. Most of these are right up on the highway, and they go up a few stories right on the highway. There's no setbacks. Fish Creek has the Homestead Suites, which is probably year-round the highest occupancy rate in the county, and that's right downtown. Julie's Motel, right downtown. Egg Harbor has since the mid 80s had the landing right in the middle of town, and also the Newport Resort since the late 90s. And then on the northern end, you also have a number of uh, slightly smaller, probably 20 unit to 20 to 35 unit hotels on the north end of the village. Bailey's Harbor has a beachfront inn right in the middle of town. I think I nailed them all. Even Jacksport has its hotels are right in the middle of town and so does uh, Ellison Bay. So it's not and Sturgeon Bay, of course, has many large hotels right in the center.
0: Now that we know what this is, let's talk about what it's not. So a lot of the discourse seems to be around uh, why a big hotel instead of something else. So, for instance, why a big hotel and not, say, a green space or a public space? Well, starting with that one, and that is a pretty common one, and I can see
1: why people think that. And I, I don't mean to sound like I'm speaking for the developer, who I don't know. Um, I know the name, but I don't know the guy, um, or the the village itself. Um, but that green space has been there now for seven or eight years, and people think of it, and it's not a particularly pretty green space. It's just a lawn. Um, a few years ago, it was a kind of dirty parking lot. It was mm-hmm. just used as parking once yep. the uh, the walkway shops was torn down. It was created, or I shouldn't say it was created, but when Sister Bay bought Helms Four Seasons in 2007, they embarked on a a large community-wide project to create a public waterfront and to figure out what people wanted that waterfront to be. It was over $5 million to purchase Helms. And the idea at the time was we can purchase Helms and preserve the waterfront and that will then spur development on the other side of the highway. So we open up the waterfront to the public for the locals and visitors, and we get the development on the other side. It kind of follows a, a theory of development and revitalization that uh, was popularized by the mayor of Charlottesville. And in the 80s and 90s, when they he, he had this phrase, he said, you give the best of the city to everyone. And he said they they bought up the riverfront. And moved all the development off the waterfront so that you had this great public waterfront and it revitalized the city, okay, so you have like the the redevelopment waterfront, and even at the time and when they bought that that property, they created a waterfront redevelopment committee being at the time I was in my mid to late twenties, and there aren't a lot of young people who end up on these committees, so I hopped on that committee, and my main thrust was like I wanted to make sure there was the The thoughts of young people and especially kids worked into that um, park because that was always a popular place for kids to hang out when I was in high school. And I didn't want them to create this thing that kind of froze the kids out. I didn't get everything I wanted. Nobody got everything they wanted. Some people wanted us to keep the swimming pool from Helms Four Seasons on the waterfront. We said eh, we just opened this huge beach. Maybe let's not put a indoor pool right next to it right? or an outdoor pool. So I wanted volleyball courts on the sand. I didn't get that. We got them on the grass. It's okay. It's something. There's a lot of different things, but the main thrust from the beginning was we're going to have to pay for this by getting development and more density of development on the other side. That was never hidden. There were meetings with hundreds of people, hundreds of local people at these things. The, the meetings, planning mission meetings held by kind of moderated by Rob Burke of the UW extension that they would do in the winter time in the summer. They had open meetings for two straight days, 16 hours, with a couple of hours for each type of group to come in and voice their opinions so we could get tourists and locals involved in this process. And the process, the plan evolved in fits and starts for years over probably the the bulk of that planning over a six to seven year period.
0: Okay, so the other thing that I hear a lot of, and and this actually I'm curious about too, so why hotels and not affordable housing for seasonal workers? Yes, that one's pretty kind of funny for
1: me to see, but I, I see where people are coming from. We do have a shortage of, of affordable housing, both rental and year round real estate that people can afford to purchase in Door County. Uh, it's been a problem that goes back to the early 2000s. I think actually some of the high schools in Northern Door County did a big project and warned everybody about this in the late 90s um, and tried to get some housing developed. But everyone, Everyone wants the affordable housing. They don't want it next door to them. Right. Um and when we say affordable housing, we're not talking projects. We're just talking about something that somebody can afford to buy. Mm. It's like it's it's the people, it's all of our neighbors anyway. I mean, I don't think people are arguing that we should have affordable housing in that location, but they're saying we need to tackle affordable housing. Well, the the difference is it's not it's not a private developer's job to solve that problem, sure. Um it'd be nice if they did, but you know, it's not an either or. Like we can have development and also Uh, um, address the affordable housing problem like just because we do development doesn't mean we can't address education
0: it's it's not binary right well and i i had read an article last year about uh, a a project that was being developed to bring affordable housing into egg harbor person was looking at bringing up these like small i don't want to say trailers but like these small um, rooms, basically, that people could live in. So it, it's it's something that's on the mind of a lot of people up here. Um, the other concern that I see brought up r- pretty much hand in hand with the affordable housing is parking in Sister Bay. So you had mentioned that this used to be a dirt parking lot before CHOP was built up on it. Why a hotel instead of more parking for the city?
1: That's a more understandable concern. Personally, as someone who lives in Sister Bay, I don't totally buy into the oh, we don't have enough parking, I can never park argument. I go through Sister Bay, I eat out a lot, I go to bars a lot, I never have a problem parking. Yes, you might have to go around the block, you can't just pull up exactly at the store you want to and park right in front, like we're used to. But Mill Road, and I take pictures almost every time I go down and on busy days, there's always parking roughly one block from the center of Sister Bay on Mill Road. But with this hotel, you're going to add 40 more rooms. And let's say a 40-room hotel probably needs five people a day to working to run it. Um, and I I take that number just based on having grown up working in hotels. Uh, you need a couple of people cleaning rooms, a couple of people at the front desk. And so you're going to have to bank on those 40 guests on peak season, at uh, peak occupancy, plus their employees parking, and, and you're adding that to the downtown area. So... They are putting in 30 parking spaces. You, so you still got a, a gap there. And Sister Bay kind of created this problem when they started relieving the parking um, requirements for businesses downtown about ten about the time of that waterfront redevelopment. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second why they did that. But Sister Bay is going to have to address that. That might come by adding parking on Spring Road. It, in my opinion, they should be looking at moving the town shop that is in the former fire station, which is right behind the library, right in the middle of downtown. Townshop probably doesn't need to be there. It wasn't there until they built the new fire station about 15 years ago. So if they turned that into a parking lot, you'd solve almost all those parking problems right there. You'd probably be able to add 75 spots. Sure. The other thing is people say, well, we're not doing something about parking. There's actually far more parking spots in Sister Bay today than there were 10 years ago. The, all the parking along the waterfront by the beach wasn't public parking when it was Helms Four Seasons. There that that was all full of buildings. Full of buildings all belong to Helms Four Seasons. That alone is about 60 to 80 spots. Plus they have lined a lot more spots on Mill Road. Plus they've added parking behind CHOP as public parking. And then there are a lot of other little parts throughout town that they've added some spots. And then the the parking behind Berto's garage on the north end of the village is largely empty most of the day. We'll send the drone up once in a while. We did it during the bike ride last year and nobody's parked back
0: there. So... Do you think the, the parking issue is as big a concern as, as some people are making it out to be? Or do you feel like maybe it's a matter of perspective? Because I know that back when I lived in the cities, it was pretty much to assume that you would drive around, find a parking spot, and then walk to your destination. Is that something that people aren't uh, accustomed to or maybe not wanting to do on vacation? I think that people on
1: vacation don't think about the parking that much. My anecdotal response to that, I haven't done a survey, but I ask a lot of people. Having lived in Chicago for six years, I understand the perspective. When you're local, when I grew up here, I was used to walking out my door, going about ten steps to my car in my driveway, and driving my car directly to where I was going to work or where I wanted to go and frequent that business. And I would park as close as I could to the front door of the pig, or as close as I could to the front door of anywhere I was going. Once I lived in the city, at first that was annoying to not be able to do that, but then you just are like, wait, I don't have to drive my car everywhere, so you walk to a lot of places and. And driving your car and parking, generally, if you got within four blocks of where you wanted to go, roughly half a mile, you felt pretty happy. Most of our guests are coming from Milwaukee, the Fox Valley, Madison, and Chicago. They're probably pretty used to just walking, and most people want to park. It it only takes roughly five, six minutes to walk from one end of the village of Sister Bay to the other. If you're a slower walker, let's make that 10. It's not that big a deal to me. I understand if you are not as mobile or if you're more elderly than my parents. If it's my parents, I drive, I drop them off and I go find the parking spot. I mean, and that's normal in most places in the world. I mean, right. you can't have perfection. If you go to Michigan, people park. There's not even parking lots, really. You might um, they have these beautiful long sand beaches that basically stretch the entire coastline there's no parking right by them and you've got to hoof it down the bluff side and carry all your stuff down to the sand probably half a mile to a mile and people do it all the time and they do that in beach communities and vacation communities all over the world all the time most places you have
0: to pay for parking to get even close to the main downtown area All right, so the final concern that I want to bring up, and this ties into an article that you had written, was it last year or a couple of years ago, about Sister Bay's transformation? Uh, That was this spring,
1: actually, after kind of this controversy started going uh, kind of wild. Okay,
0: so the the final concern that I see a lot of is uh, projects like this are destroying the quaintness of the village. Uh, It's turning it into something that it's not or it's a slippery slope to McDonald's and Starbucks and stuff like that. Um, You wrote an article about Sister Bay then and now and kind of the good old days, quote unquote, of Sister Bay. Uh, What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, I guess um, some of this goes back to maybe some of the language you used at the beginning of this when you talked about the expansion of Sister Bay. And I always caution people. It's not so much an expansion. Sister Bay isn't actually much expanded it's been revitalized a lot of the things that are there now all these restaurants are mostly replacing what 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 were once restaurants before wild tomato used to be citra bay cafe the boathouse used to be in a christopher's where chop stands there used to be a restaurant called beanies all these places are just replacing old businesses for the most part they just happen to be maybe better or more successful versions of those businesses. But then there's also a lot more traffic brought in by the fact that there's the beach there. So there's a lot more people in downtown Sister Bay. In 2007, 2006, 2005, the problem with Sister Bay is that I had written an article at that time called The Dead Zone because Sister Bay was dying. I'd, I'd sit in bars. I would talk to people and the business owners were talking about how desperate they were. Al Johnson's was closing significant hours in the winter for the first time in years and years and years. Other places just closed down entirely. The walkway shops were completely empty. That used to be 13 different retail shops and a restaurant. It was completely empty and closed down. Um, the bookstore had closed down. The pizza shop had closed down. It was pretty empty. So they were desperate to, f- how do we save Sister Bay? And people always looked to Fish Creek as the model village for Door County. and the Busy, you had walking traffic. You didn't have all the missing teeth development where you had these big gaps. So you had everything close together and compact. So it pulled people along walking from shop to shop. So that was, a, that was a baseline that Sister Bay came from when they embarked on this project. And the community meetings at that time were hundreds of people in the town hall saying, what do we have to do to make Sister Bay a destination? So it's kind of crazy to think of now. It's only like three years of this that it's actually been a cool place to be again. It was, it was really desolate for a while and, and really desperate. So as for like holding on to this quaint Sister Bay that it used to be, I used to own Husby's in Sister Bay right on the top of the hill, center of town. It's been there for a hundred years. At that time we were only, and that's like probably late nineties, early two thousands. You were not far removed from a time when you had two gas stations with a big standard oil and a big shell, I think, or a mobile sign in the center of town. You had a furniture store in the center of town, a car dealership, on the waterfront, you had the lumber yard and logs literally lapping up against the beach, a tiny little beach that was there at the time. Cherry pits getting dumped in the water in the middle of town. We talked to um, one longtime resident who said, yeah, I I love Sister Bay and I grew up here 65 years ago and I loved it then. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't this pristine place that everyone remembers. You were literally swimming in sewage at the beach. Like the the sewage lines went into the water. So he said, the water is much cleaner today than it's ever been. The waterfront is much more pristine and beautiful than it's ever been. Yes, things have changed. Yes, I, this this gentleman said he, he misses a lot of the things from his childhood, but he also loves a lot of the things that he has now in this town. So he's like, yeah, it's changed, but it's not. He's like, I would take today over
0: yesterday. Sure. Does that seem to be the the sentiment that you get from a lot of the people who live in Sister Bay year round that. They remember their childhood fondly, but they'd choose now over yesterday. I think most
1: people who have been through the whole process, especially if you've been involved in the business community, like if you were uh, even waiting tables or bartending like I was through most of it, or if you owned a business like I did for part of this stretch, you, you have that perspective if you've been there long enough. If you didn't work in those industries, you might maybe miss that small town a little bit more, although now being out of those industries, it's really great to have restaurants that are open for much of the winter. I mean, it used to be Husby's Bowl Bayside was, and maybe JJ's for part of the week through almost the entire six months of winter. And now there's all these great restaurants that stay open for a a large chunk of the off season, which means more money in people's pockets. So hopefully that helps to combat the affordable housing problem. Now that hotel, I mean, it is different. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a larger building. It's, it's kind of jarring when you see that idea of a four-story building in the middle of Sister Bay, but that, the allowance for that, that's what the zoning code was written for and rewritten for in when we were at the depth of our kind of desperateness in the mid to like 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9 range. It was to spur development and actually get someone to invest in the town. You do have to allow for a little bit more height and a little bit of flexibility so that they can make the nut off of an expensive piece of property so that's been written in the rules and basically was part of the plan for 10 years it's not like a, a new thing this isn't something that's been pulled in at the last second or done specifically for this guy and and unless there's some sort of major effort to rewrite it again there's a couple of other plots in downtown sister bay that would will probably end up with large developments like that as well are
0: there any other takeaways from this whole topic that you want to share? I know that as we were going through the Facebook comments and stuff on the, on the update article, uh, you were doing your part to link to other articles and try to explain things a little bit more fully um, just to help people kind of grasp the whole concept in its entirety. Is there any other takeaways that you have, Forrest? Yeah, I mean,
1: all that said, and then all that perspective I just gave, that doesn't mean that someone shouldn't be against it or or that they should be for it. I mean, it's a subjective thing. You just may not think that Sister Bay needs to be busier. As somebody who knows a lot of people who need to make money, I I don't mind it. I don't mind putting up with the traffic. I timed it driving from Jerry's Flowers to Birdo's on a Saturday at one o'clock in the middle of summer. It took me five and a half minutes. I'll take five and a half minutes if all my buddies are making a lot more money and can actually afford to pay their bills and Maybe they can afford a crappy health insurance plan, and one day get their foot in the door at owning a a home. Like that's when I'm stuck in traffic. That's what I'm thinking about, and I know not everyone can do that. But you can still like not think that hotel is necessary. Maybe you just don't think we need more hotels up here. If if there's any community that could make an argument for one, it would be Sister Bay because it's got the highest occupancy rate in the county at peak season. It's about eighty four percent in July. So. Sturgeon Bay, on the other hand, which offered millions of dollars in incentives for a hotel, has about the eighth highest occupancy rate in peak season, um, roughly in the low 70s. And it's actually been dropping. Like Sister Bay, you could say that like on those peak weekends, there'd be a lot of overflow. And their room rates and their room tax returns and their um, number of nights per month has skyrocketed since they did this redevelopment, It's up 23% since I think 2016. So people say that all this development is killing Sister Bay. No one's going to want to go there anymore. All the data says more people than ever want to go. And the traffic, despite all these people posting about it, all these locals posting about it, has not turned anyone off from going to Sister Bay, just like it's never turned anyone off from going to Fish Creek. There's always that comment, we don't want to become the Dells. I don't want that either. And I don't think anybody really does. I don't think that's the end game I mean, Sister Bay is roughly the same size as it was 25 years ago. It's got basically the same number of buildings. It's actually got fewer commercial businesses than it did 20 years ago. It's just that things were so bad for so long in that middle part that everything seems shocking to people now.
0: Well, and I think the other thing is you weigh weigh the pros and cons and you try to find some sort of middle ground, but it's like the busier a place is, the more successful the businesses are going to be. If the con to that is less people are going to want to go because it's so busy, then less people are there and the businesses don't do as well and businesses start closing down and people don't want to go because there's nothing to do. So is it like trying to shoot for this perfect middle ground where it's like it's not busy but the businesses are doing great and people are coming but not too many? Like it, it's, it's this world that, that doesn't really exist. Yeah, it's a tough spigot to moderate
1: on that. I mean, you don't you can't just turn it down a little bit. And ideally, people slide into other communities. You know, right now, Sturgeon Bay is um, down a couple of percent with their room tax returns. Last year, Ephraim was down just slightly during some of the peak season months. And maybe that was because people were looking at Sister Bay and saying, I want to stay there. Next year there's going to be a big problem because Fish Creek going to have a ton of construction. Is that going to hamper their occupancy rates? And then you might hear people from Fish Creek clamoring that they need to do something to And you do already see that people in Fish Creek saying they need to do something to to keep up with uh, Sister Bay. So there's always that give and take. Towns go through these ebbs and flows. Bailey's Harbor is kind of hot right now. And for most of my life, it's been... A really quiet town that people used to go, oh, back in the day, Bailey's Harbor was hopping. And I'd say, what, when, how could that possibly be? Um, They'd tell stories about how great the fluorine used to be and how there'd be bands all over. Um, Now it's come back with the brewery and, um, you know, with the pulse moving over here and bringing 20 people here every day. A lot of investment in the town, uh,
0: Chives and, and other places. Then, and the fifty-seven depot where half of us grab food. Yeah, um and eat their amazing sandwiches. Yes. It's weird to say, like, oh, I'm gonna go get a gas station sandwich for lunch, but yeah. they're they're deli sandwiches and they're, they're amazing. Fantastic. So there's always a spin on it.
1: Egg Harbor used to be a great nightlife town. It used to be the place where you go see live music in probably the mid nineties. Now nobody ever talks about going there for live music. But there's these towns kind of take have their like their ups and downs and Maybe people, maybe it will get too busy in Sister Bay, and, and people will start flowing elsewhere and discover new places in, in the county. But and, and there are legitimate issues involved here on how they should develop or or what they can do for parking or what the long term game is. It's just that it's it's what I try to do at least moderating our Facebook page and and, and what I've written is just say make sure you're not confusing subjects. Just because somebody's building a hotel doesn't mean nobody cares about affordable housing. And it doesn't mean that we can't address that as well and that the village shouldn't be addressing that. They definitely should. All the communities up here should. As far as problems go, we could have something a heck of a lot worse than affordable housing to address. I mean, we don't have crime issues and we've got great schools. Like We should be able to round up our energy and come up with a decent solution for that. And the Door County Economic Development Council, to their credit, is actually undergoing a survey. Hopefully. This effort actually results in something tangible. There's been a lot of talk about affordable housing for my entire adult life. Very few tangible ways to address it. Although I will say like when people talk about affordable housing, Sister Bay is one of the few communities that has done anything regarding affordable housing with the they had the apartments behind the Piggly Wiggly that were built 30 years ago and the low cost homes built behind that, which they had to do special zoning for and get a a special developer up here that has caused other issues, but it has, I know a lot of people have bought homes and got their foot in the home ownership game through those homes behind behind the, the Piggly Wiggly. So, and people will say, well, I don't like those either. Well, if you want something low cost, you're not going to get a Taj Mahal. So, it, like I said, Sister Bay has actually been,
0: has been a- attacking both of these things.
1: Maybe people just need to pay attention more and get involved more.
0: Well, one one quick aside before we wrap up here. You mentioned the Piggly Wiggly and we, and we also just reported that Piggly Wiggly is going to be expanding. Um, I guess finally. I mean, it's been in the works for a yeah. long time. Uh, there have been rumors about it for 15 years. Sure. Why Why is there much rejoicing over the Piggly Wiggly's expansion despite that being a big business up in Door County, but then the hotel is the slippery slope to McDonald's and Starbucks? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, although there have been a couple of comments like,
1: oh, now the pig's getting big too. Like, if you live up here, you have no problems with the pig getting bigger. Uh, oh,
0: no, absolutely. It, it is. Mean, I, I live in Egg Harbor and I. Pretty much the only reason that I go south into Surgeon Bay, other than like work stuff, is so that I can pick up dog food because they don't have my specific dog food up here. But that gets me down in there, and I go to Econo Foods and I get my groceries and stuff. But it's like my only other option is Main Street Market in Egg Harbor, which is great, it, absolutely. But it's not the kind of place that you can go and stock up for your two week grocery haul. Right. Um, you you really want to go somewhere like a bigger grocery store with the with lower prices. Get- the pig is the same way i mean if you don't have the pig then where do you, where do you go main street is your next big shop and that's still 30 minutes south of you yeah i
1: mean it is and and the folks at the pig and they're great people i don't mean to like knock any of the staff or the the people who work there or the owners it's just that sister bay it, it was built too small to begin with and it's cramped and there's it's even as i talked to tom nesbitt the the owner as we talked about this development plan and i said hey no offense but uh nobody's going to be sad to see the old pig disappear and he said nope no offense taken because like i know how it is if you're going to the pig you're not going there to shop and enjoy your experience you're going in there to get what you need find it and get out as quick as you can and he said by building by doing this revitalization or or um remodeling of the pig they're hoping that it pays off and that people actually go there and shop and hang out and look at the aisles a little more and they can have some more products i mean they're so cramped they have no place for peop- the the staff to work behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of room to to carry a very big inventory. So they run out of stuff, and even in peak season, and you're like, "How can you run out of this?" But it turns out they just don't have
0: the storage for it. Right. Well, and the thing that I took away from your interview with them was that the the expansion is in the best. Um, it, it's trying to do the best that they can for their customers and their employees equally. So, uh, it, it's not just growing and then they're putting out like an outdoor cafe and it's not just a luxury expansion. It's, it's really trying to give breathing room for everybody. Yeah. So that the pig can be the town grocery store and not just a quick stop.
1: Yeah. And it's so those aisles are five and a half feet wide. they those will expand to seven. And if you're in an aisle and there's somebody coming the other way, it's really tight to get both carts and people through, let alone have, be able to stop and look at the shelf. And if somebody has to stock, if you're an employee and you've got to stock shelves too, I mean, you you can't really do it. It's, there's no way to do it without being incredibly obtrusive to your customers, which is not a great experience. Um, so that one, it is funny though, people saw that. There were a couple of people who commented that it was changing sister Bay, but I mean, it's it's nice, you know. There's a balance in the tourism community of we want this to look great for the tourists, and we want it, and we live on them, so we we have to respect them and and make it a great experience. But there's other things that are like, well, we just need to we actually need to live live our day to day lives here, and and run our errands and get to places we want to go on a timeline, um, which is far easier here than it is in a city. Just you know, but I understand where people get a little grumpy about that. So
0: one last question before we wrap up. Uh, now that this new 40-room hotel is moving forward in Sister Bay, will you be moving from the county?
1: <laughs> no, I uh, I am settled in right outside the village and and I love being right outside the village. I grew up in Egg Harbor and um, Sister Bay is kind of the the heart of northern door community especially for younger folks um which for maybe a little bit while longer i can count myself as one of but you know we talk a lot about my take on this how do you see it um just from a blank canvas and what i mean did this hotel strike you as a big deal
0: well okay so again my perspective is I I haven't known Sister Bay before the revitalization. Uh, my first summer up here, the road was totally torn up. Um, so that was my first experience of Sister Bay. I've only known it since then. And when I when I first heard about the hotel, I remember I guess maybe being disgruntled about it a little bit because it wasn't something else like. Uh, more retail or more shops because I'm always interested in new things coming in. I, I love the brewery I love there's a, a new shop in Fish Creek called Bison Bison which is this really cool like focused um, I, I tell people that it's like if you need to get Uh, a groom a present like last minute that's where you go because they've got everything like that scott smith's done a great job down there Mm -hmm. like i love new things coming into the county things that i was used to back in the cities i love seeing up here um cherry seeing like our version of it right right? exactly um cherry lane's arcade bar is opening up down in sturgeon bay and i make it a point to go to every arcade bar that i can when i travel because Mm -hmm. they're they're just fun and and Moving up here, I felt like was going to mean leaving behind a lot of the things that I really loved about the cities. And Sister Bay seems to be this this younger community. Um, when when we were moving up, we were between the place that we settled on in Egg Harbor and a place up in Sister Bay, knowing that like Sister Bay would be a great place to raise a family, having a grocery store, uh, you know, right by our house and all the different amenities that are up there having high-speed internet up in Sister Bay. Um, So that's always been my perspective of it. Now, moving forward, I guess I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on the hotel. If it it does what it's trying to do and brings more people in and gives them a place to be, then that's a net gain because more people are going to spend more time up there and businesses are going to do better and will continue to grow and expand. And I think that that's a good thing. I, I I guess that that's my opinion on it. I, I don't, when, whenever anything new is coming in, I'm optimistic about it first because mm-hmm. for me, new is usually better. It's some sort of growth or, or progress. There have been some things that have changed that I've been cautious about, but at the same time, it's like, I'll give everything a chance until, you know, it's not great. So this didn't strike me as something to be afraid of or to get up in arms against. Uh, I think that there's a lot of other things that we can focus that type of energy on rather than a new hotel.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, part of this argument might, might make people go, wow, people really are frustrated about the housing problem. People really are frustrated about the car problem, parking problem. Maybe it brings those to the fore that might otherwise not have been. I think those were all pretty big issues anyway, but um, there's one other issue people bring up is that they where are you going to find these employees? Which is true. You got to find employees, but whatever business wants them, you just have to pay more. We struggle with it here at the Pulse. So in like, um we have a bit of a labor shortage in a lot of ways in, in Door County, especially in the peak season. Um, but I'd be much more concerned if this hotel were being proposed for, you know, where Bay Ridge golf course is on the south end of town, or if it were out on 57 and continuing to sprawl the village out that way. I think those kind of Developments are much more dangerous to changing the character of the county than infill, which is what this is. This is just infill into the 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 center of the community, and smart development will and smart planning um, tries to encourage infill, not sprawl things to the outsides. Mm-hmm. So whether that be renovating an old lot or old building, or redeveloping something, or creating something new on. A, on a, on an empty lot. That's what every city and community in America is striving to do. Um, So it's, it's much better to do it downtown than it is to stick it to the outskirts.
0: Well, and I think that there are good and helpful concerns to raise anytime something like this comes up. And then I think that there are unhelpful concerns as well. So what, what is their plan to hire more employees? Like what are they going to do about parking? Um, How are they going to Get their employees affordable housing. Those are good, helpful concerns to raise. Right. But like the unhelpful things would be things like this is destroying the community or it, it used to be so much better. It, like those things don't help move anybody forward. But like you said, raising those concerns and getting those concerns to the forefront, I think, are important because if nothing else, it might show that these are things that people are legitimately concerned about. And, yeah. and, well, and that's good. Well, and you talk about a lot of those things,
1: those concerns, they're good to raise. And then there's that fine line of like, well, you can't approve or deny a project based on whether you think their business is going to succeed. Right? right. Um, I, I took over a bar when I was 20, you know, if they based it on readiness, if, if they were going to allow me to have, have a business or not based on their prediction of my business success, I would have never been able to do that. And neither would almost anybody because banks are very hesitant to give out loans to restaurants and any and a lot of small businesses because they're very risky endeavors. Most businesses fail. Like, so you don't want your town trying to say, well, we don't think your hotel is going to work or we don't think you're going to be able to find staff. So we say, no, you can't do that. Um, you can start to work on your zoning and your ordinances and say that, okay, if you're going to build X building, you need X number of employee housing units. You could do something like that. You could do, if you're building a condo and you're, it's 40 units, you you know, some cities will do something like for every 40 units, you have to have one affordable housing unit that's available for X price. I mean, they they could do something like that. No town up here has done that, but those are actual options you could, you could start to do. It's too late for this particular proposal. And That's on everybody else. That's not on the developer or the town now. It's on people who didn't come forward and and push for this
0: in the past. Well, and that that way of going about it is I mean, quite frankly, it's the more logical approach to be like, if you want to do this, then you must do this as well. That makes a lot more sense than you can't do this because this is a problem. Like that that doesn't make any sense. There's no correlation. But if it's like if you want to build, then you have to supply XYZ, then i I think that that's a way forward
1: yeah and i like if i could hop in a time machine get in my delorean and go back to like 1970 i would push hard for an ordinance that said like any any development on the water you have to have public access along the water and you you know with the goal of eventually having people be able to walk up and down the entire peninsula just like you can in oregon just like you can in so many beach communities just like you can in lake geneva where you can walk all the way around through everybody's yard along the water people still own the waterfront but there's public access to walk around i'd do you could do something like that you could ask you could mandate that if you build a golf course you have to have a public trail around it and it would actually benefit the golf course because public trails are more valuable in golf courses for home ownership but i'm going to go down a whole other rabbit hole but there's tons of options for this um but you have to do it proactively
0: you can't suddenly throw this all on one developer sure Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for chatting with me about this. Uh, Part of the reason I wanted to bring you in in the first place is just so that I could learn a little bit more about (laughs) it too. Um, I don't want to be trolling through Facebook feeds and being like, oh, this is silly, but not having the full story. And I think that even if I disagree with something, I want to know as much about it as possible. So I, I, I hope that this is helpful for listeners. I hope that uh, at least a little bit more depth of understanding is appreciated. Um, yeah, I hope what I said made some sense and had some clarity to it.
1: I know there's, a, there's roughly 20 years of history there trying to cram in, into each sentence. But uh, um, yeah, I think we've exhausted my voice. So <laughs> cool. thanks for having me, Andrew. Thanks a lot, Miles.
0: We will see you again later. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.